0: Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Detour podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Shinsky, and we are still on lockdown from the COVID-19 quarantine. So we are recording again today via Zoom. The quality of the sound can be a little different than what you're used to hearing on the podcast, but um, I hope that last episode was okay and uh, not too difficult to listen through. So please give forgiveness and mercy today if there's any kind of uh, non-perfect sounds. Um, But I think you're going to really, Enjoy this story today. It's so timely. It's an amazing story. Uh, Debbie Franick has been my friend for lots of years now. I met her when I started getting into some healthy living myself, getting away from using chemicals and started using essential oils. And that's how I got to meet her. And she is joining us today to share this huge detour that she had in her life, in her family's life in 2016. So, about Three and a half years ago, Um, this changed her whole life, and it's a really scary, emotional, and uh, difficult thing to listen to, but it is so beautiful when it's all tied together and you see just how she really was prepared her whole life, really, to be... A pivotal person in this moment in her son's life for her own child. And so uh, it's just very inspiring to me. And I think that you will be inspired as well. So Debbie has been married to her high school sweetheart, Andy, for almost 33 years. She has three grown children, uh, two girls and a boy, and she's a grandma to four grandchildren with two more on the way. And believe it or not, all that's happened in like Four years. (laughs) So um, her life has changed dramatically. Uh, She has always had an interest in natural and holistic living and health and wellness and helping others achieve whatever that looks like for them. She's trained and educated herself in different modalities as a certified aromatherapist, a registered yoga teacher, a birth doula. She's Reiki certified. She has found that all of this training became valuable when her otherwise super healthy son, Andrew, had a huge medical emergency. So as I said, she's gonna tell us about that today and you will be inspired. One thing we do need to say before we start is this is Debbie's experience of her family and what she went through. This is not medical advice and um, it shouldn't be taken as that. So you definitely want to just uh, listen to this story as her experience. Think about some of the things that she says, and that if that's interest of you, consult your own physicians and do your own research that's right for you. So with all that being said, welcome Debbie to the Detour Podcast.
1: Hey, Sheila. Thank you for having me. Yes, we have been friends for a long time.
0: Love yes, you. yes, I love you too. You're one of my besties. Uh, we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we've already talked way long just recording this. Uh, this Zoom. Mm. It's uh, it hasn't even uh, been recorded yet. So, okay, let's get started. Um, you, like I said, you've always sort of had an interest in natural and healthy uh, living. What kind of things have you been? interested in? How did you get started in all these things?
1: Well, you know, that's an interesting question. I think it's just uh, been who I am for a very long time. You know, I think Uh. as we grow as kids, we kind of are bent one way or another. And, you know, when we started our family, I was able to begin to cultivate all the different interests that I had and learn and Mm. keep growing Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: still am today you know, it doesn't
0: ever end. (laughs) That's right. That's true. We always keep learning during this time of really raising your kids. You, you homeschooled and you did some things like that. Um, and you got them through, uh, childhood and educated and into early adulthood. So how, where should we start this story?
1: Well, you brought up homeschooling. So I'll just say, yeah, we were homeschooling before homeschooling was even a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how long ago. It was becoming more popular at the time. Yeah, so we homeschooled the kids. We took it one semester at a time. If it worked for everyone, it was good. If it didn't, then we knew that we had the option of schools that they could go to. And that school bus could come on by and pick them up. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) But that
1: didn't happen because it worked. You know, it just worked. We learned how to live as a family. We grew in love and friendships and it just worked. So we kept doing it all the way through to where we were able to dual enroll them, uh, each of the kids getting their AA when they graduated and becoming assets to society. So, yeah.
0: That's getting an encouragement for some people that are probably home now um, doing this e-school. And um, I guess maybe we would say that this isn't exactly what normal homeschooling is like. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, I definitely agree. I've talked to some of my friends who have put their kids in school and they're pulling their hair out because now they're doing this new e-school and it is totally different. I mean, we got to do... Go on field trips and host co-ops in our homes, where we would get together and teach, you know, multiple families and go um, exploring at Starkey Park and you know all kinds of fun stuff. This is not what they're getting to do right now.
0: Yeah, and so maybe there'll be some people. You know, this is definitely a time of discovery that we're all learning about um, at home now. And but maybe some people will say, you know. My kid really kind of did well in the E school. Maybe we could transition to homeschooling. So um, it's a little off topic, but uh, you know, I think you would probably encourage them that it's not just like this, you know. And especially if, say, like I'm sure lots of people I know I would be like, I don't know anything about algebra, you know. But with these co-op things, there's somebody that is great at algebra that you can kind of co-teach with. Is that right?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I know math. Mm -hmm. but teaching it's a whole lot different. Mm -hmm. And when it came time to learn some of those higher math classes, uh, you know what, they were old enough to be able to be dual enrolled (laughs) (laughs) and get taught by people who could teach it Mm -hmm. because we can do math,
0: right. But can we teach it?
1: We may know how to read, but can we teach it?
0: Yeah, everyone is not a teacher. That's true. Or a
1: writer. (laughs) Or a writer. Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. Okay, so let's get into the story. So um, at the beginning of this, uh, your son, Andrew, how old was he at this time? 19. 19. Okay. And he was training to be a firefighter, correct?
1: Well, so it started out, he was a fire explorer. And then he was applying for jobs as a fireman. And he got a job in Smyrna, Tennessee. He competed against, I think, 100 other men, and he was one of five that made it through.
0: Okay, so then he moved from Florida, the Tampa Bay area where, where you used to live, um, and I live, um, and moved from Florida to Tennessee for this opportunity.
1: Yes, we moved him in April of 2016.
0: Okay. And then um, he was super fit kid. Like again, your kids were very healthily raised, you know, with great nutrition and things like that. So all of your kids had, you know, great immune systems and healthy uh, bodies and uh, physically fit and all that kind of thing. So this was probably an exciting time for you to say like, okay, he's, he's going off on his own, difficult, but all right, this is the start of his life now.
1: Yes. Yes. It's kind of a bittersweet for any parent when their child moves out. So, yeah, but it was exciting. Um, yeah, we were those crazy parents who drank raw milk, milled our own grain, made our own bread, gardened, all of the things to keep our family healthy, you know, eating organic before organic was big. Again, there's another little (laughs) before things. Mm -hmm. Um, He, him and I actually went to the gym and worked out together before he moved, which was one of the highlights of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, to be there with my son working out, you know, we would, uh, part of our PE, we would go for a jog, the four of us, my daughters and him included. And in the morning before we even started school, that was PE, you know, so we've maintained a healthy lifestyle for the most part throughout our kids' lives.
0: Yeah. And then what happened? Did you get a call like suddenly he's sick? How did that start?
1: Yeah, so he started on the job in July. And the first week into it, he started getting a little something. And now, mind you, he moved to Tennessee because his girlfriend was up there, lived up there. Um, But she was about two hours away. So he was traveling in that time between April and July before he started to go see her as much as he could, as any young person would do, right? Um, Cultivate that relationship and that love. That first week on the job, he got a cold or something, and he went to the doctor to see what it was. They diagnosed him with strep and wrote him a prescription and sent him on his way. Well, because we do things naturally, with food, eating, herbs, essential oils. He chose to go that route. I think due to all the stress that he was under, I believe it turned into hives. And so he went back to the doctor, because he's like, man, this is my first week on the job, I've got to get better, you know. And they had mentioned that they could give him a combination or a antibiotic shot. So he went back and he's like, I got to do what I need to do. So he went ahead and received that, and it was after that that he got seriously sick.
0: So after the shot of what?
1: At the time, he thought it was an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. And when we were in the hospital and my husband called, they said oh, it was a combination of a steroid antibiotic to help push him through it quicker. And then four months later, when he went back to get the paperwork uh, they wrote error on it and crossed off a virus shot, antivirus shot, hmm. and said, you wouldn't have gotten that. So I don't know how they would have known that, but okay. So hmm. yeah.
0: so that's a little cloudy about what he actually received.
1: It, it is. I mean, it was one shot, um, but it is a little cloudy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then after this, he got worse. And what happened?
1: We had communicated over the weekend. He kind of shared with me that he was, you know, just not doing well, that he went and got the shot. And it just so happened that our daughter, she and her husband, new husband were traveling. They went up to see their gran- her grandparents and then over to see Andrew, but they hadn't seen him yet. Well, he called her something like five in the morning and asked, Hey, can you and Harry come over? and help me get ready for work. And they went over there and helped him. He went on the job and this was a Tuesday. And I know it was a Tuesday because of Tasty Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That's where I was when I talked to my daughter and she said, mom, he's really sick. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to my son right after that and he said, yeah, I'm really sick. I said, all right, we're on our way. And we drove up there that day. And you know, it's kind of amazing Yet not amazing how our father prepares us for things because a friend of ours shared with us an experience he had when he was 21 and it was exactly what it turned out that Andrew had. But we had a whole day of driving 10 hours up to Tennessee to be able to research and find out what is this.
0: Okay. So what symptoms was he having that you were researching that you were trying to figure out what was going on?
1: Well, his feet and then up his legs were becoming numb to where he was barely able to walk. He could hardly put his clothes on, his shoes on, and then barely walk even.
0: And that's why he was asking for his sister's help to be able to get ready to go to work. Okay. That was the part I was like. That's weird for, you know, a 19 year old to say, can you come help me get ready for work? You know, yeah. so he's having this numbness and difficulty walking. This sickness is just getting worse and worse.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: when you got there, what happened?
1: When we got there, um, we watched him, my husband and I both, we just, you know, sat there with him, talked with them, watched him. His girlfriend was there. So we got to see her and we pretty much just caught up a little bit and then went to bed because it was late. The next day we got up and I, of course, went to go get some groceries, you know, start making some soup, nourishing soup to help, you know, fight off whatever this was. And my husband called a friend of ours that lives in Nashville area. He's a nurse anesthetist and wanted to get his opinion of what he thought. And so he asked him, send me a video of him walking. And he did. And this man said, you know what? It looks like GBS.
0: And what's GBS?
1: So GBS is Guillaume barre syndrome, GBS for short. Okay. So my husband called me and he shared with me what we, he was told. And so I came immediately home and we took him to the hospital. And once he was admitted into the hospital, The doctor came in within about five minutes and said, so we, from what you've shared, we feel that it is Guillain-Barre syndrome. And we had not said anything to them about what we thought because Mm -hmm. we didn't, we're not doctors. We didn't know. Uh, He said, but we do need to do a spinal tap to confirm and a spinal tap registers the amount of proteins in the spinal, spinal fluid. And that was the indication that yes, for sure confirmed he had an exorbitant amount of protein in his spinal fluid. Okay. And so he was
0: confirmed. Did they have a known treatment for this or what was, what was like the next plan? What, what, what did you guys, what was your reaction to that confirmation? And is that what the friend had had that you were researching all the way up there? Yeah. So it was kind of all clicking together. Mm -hmm. The friend had said that you're researching on the way, then the, the nurse friend that your husband called Mm -hmm. as yet kind of looks like that from the video. And then the doctors confirm Mm -hmm. it with Mm -hmm. these medical tests. And so I don't really know anything about that syndrome. Um, Do you have anything else you could share as far as what it is? Sure. So what
1: happens is your body begins to make more antibodies and what they do is begin to attack the myelin sheath of your spinal cord. And when they attack that, they make holes in it. And his fingers did have numbness as well. Like he couldn't lace his shoes because his fingers were numb.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what happens is when those holes become apparent and enough, starting from the limbs moving inward, a person can become paralyzed, even whole paralyzation.
0: Wow. So at this point they've admitted him and what did they start doing? And are you, I mean, you're clearly obviously worried, but were they saying, what were they saying to you? Like, okay, this, we have a, you know, treatment for this, this will clear up. What were they saying?
1: So they offered um, some treatments. They had two that they knew of that could possibly help one of them being IVIG don't ask me the whole name of that. I don't remember offhand. But um, it's basically where they try to get rid of, like try to maintain and kill the the problem, so mm-hmm. to speak. Okay. And then if that wasn't working or if it didn't work, then they would do plasmapheresis, which if you're familiar with... Um, kidney failure, dialysis, that is similar, where they run your blood through a machine and they clean it, actually taking the antibodies out so that your blood is cleaner and then your body can start recovering at that point. Um, We don't feel that either one of those worked. He was Mm -hmm. sent home after 10 days and he was still going paralyzed from the waist down. It was still continuing to go up his, his core. Uh, we brought him back five days later because breathing was starting to become a little more difficult. So
0: Wow. So during this time, what, um, are you doing anything to try to help support him in his healing? Are you at this point letting, just kind of letting the doctors handle what needs to be done or what were you and, and Andy doing as parents?
1: Well, praying all the time, you know, we're called to pray, um, not ceasing. So that's what we were doing. And in that prayer, asking the Father, what can we do to help? Uh, Because, you know, they kept telling us it's not a disease that we know a lot about. It's not a disease, but it's a syndrome. And it's not that we know a lot about it. So I was researching, doing everything I could. You know, during this time, uh, we stayed with him 24-7, and it became an isolation time for us. So during that time, my time was spent, and Andy's, researching, finding out what can we do. And so just trying to help maintain his health get better, you know, doing things like making sure he had probiotics, making sure he had, when he ate, his body was able to digest it. Okay. We're talking the nervous system here. So what can we do to support his nervous system? And because of my interest in the body and health, you know, the nurses took me on and, and kind of taught me, Mm -hmm. shared with me knowledge Mm -hmm. uh the physical therapists as well Um, because when when you have this you your nerves are so heightened that your skin hurts your body hurts Mm -hmm. so to touch him was extremely hard even though his body is completely fatigued and he needed to be moved to touch him was very hard because it hurt him.
0: Oh, man. So even just to kind of move him in the bed so that he mm-hmm. wouldn't get like bed sores or, you know, muscle move pains or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would just physically hurt to even be able to touch him. That must have been so difficult to to watch, not only your child being sick, but being in pain too.
1: It was. So think of your, when your foot or your hand goes to sleep
0: mm-hmm. and then it
1: starts waking up that tingling. That's how he described it. That but pins and needles like a million times worse, Ugh. you know, and the fatigue that he felt because he's laying there, mm-hmm. you know, not moving.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the physical therapists really taught me how to help him and taught Andrew how to help himself, Andrew, when your mom moves your foot, keep your eye on your foot and help her move it. Even Mm -hmm. though he couldn't, his mind, because our mind is so powerful Mm -hmm. that when, and they kept saying, when everything comes back on, you know, think of that circuit breaker and it's your central nervous system. So it's becoming switched off as far as movement. Um, but when it turns back on and your muscles begin to move and work again, you want to keep that cognitive thought of movement. So when she's moving you, if she's moving your arm, move it with her mentally. Okay. This is hugely important.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is something, um, you know, a little bit parallel to kind of what's going on with this virus you know it's a day by day and especially in the beginning it was like things were changing hour by hour and as they are trying to figure out what's causing it what's the best treatment what to do what not to do all kinds of different opinions from different medical people um what medicine would work what wouldn't what made it worse um all of that has been kind of like day by day and um a learning curve for the professionals, and also all of us who are trying to stay safe, or maybe those people that have the COVID nineteen, uh, what to do, um, what you exactly should do, symptoms, and all that kind of thing. So, um, do you find that parallel as well with this? Is that what it felt like too? Yes,
1: it is unbelievable how it parallels that time we were in the hospital because we were there twenty four seven you know, God is good. He made a way even before any of this happened to where we were able to, when we drove up on that Tuesday, to be able to be there with him 24-7, only leaving the hospital every few days to go shower. And then, you know, being in the shower and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get back there because what's happening, what's going on, what are you doing, you know, and, and just, yeah.
0: Um, so- there was a point in time where he got uh, very, very critical. What happened there?
1: Yeah. So, so throughout this time, researching, studying, trying to find what, what can help. I'll get to your question in a minute, mm-hmm. um, but I just want to say, you know, all of those, because you mentioned about this time that we're in now paralleling then. And so all of the noises that we heard in the hospital became a time of noisy quiet. And so I'll explain that as to being a quietness inside of me, inside of Andrew as his body was shutting down,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: inside my husband, the same but different, you know, each Mm -hmm. one of us. And I found myself a lot of times unable to talk to anyone, anyone on the outside, kind of like now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we can't go out and talk to people, but there were no distractions. You know, I didn't have work to do. I didn't, you know, I I couldn't go on Facebook. Um, I did a little bit, but it kind of frustrated me Mm -hmm. because life back home was going on. People live their lives. It was all going on. It was like I'm having an out-of-body experience almost, watching Mm -hmm. everything that's going on and getting quieter and quieter within me. You know, everyone has a life and their life went on. And that's the way it should be. Just like my life goes on when something crazy happens in somebody else's life. It's just the way it is. But I didn't have, you know, and people don't know too. How do I, what do I say? Mm-hmm. How do I respond to this person? They didn't know that what we were living was like a Holocaust. Mm. Physically, emotionally, you know, watching our son go from a hundred and, I believe it was 58 pounds down to 108 pounds wow. in a month or two. And
0: know? he's, he's a tall person Mm -hmm. too. It's Mm -hmm.
1: not. Yeah. So there was a lot of listening that I was doing in amongst that noisiness. I was quietly listening, you know, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned about prayer, father, what do we do here? How do we help him? What do we do? Researching, listening, going inside myself. It was just this cycle, you know, life is cyclical. That time was cyclical. And so for him, as he was shutting down life went on, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, just like right now, outside is shutting down, but life is still going on. Mm -hmm. We still have each other. Mm -hmm. We have this now, this wonderful tool of zoom that we're Mm -hmm. on, you know, that we can communicate, Mm -hmm. but just realize sometimes people can't communicate.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it goes kind of back to that that you know people say like you never know what people are going through so for example you know we're isolated in our home and it's inconvenient but this isn't really any personally for my family any huge trauma that's happening right now you know my husband already works from home our life hasn't changed that much yeah we can't go where we want to go when we want to go but there are people that are really suffering and there are um, medical staff that are going and dealing with this, that they're in a war zone. I mean, they are in a war zone situation and the things that they're dealing with. And even, you know, that's kind of dramatic, but even something that everybody can relate to, you know, if you've ever lost a family member and you're just in that grief and then you have to get back out in the world, maybe even go in the grocery store, And so I just relate to that feeling of like not you not being able to go on Facebook and see other people living their lives because you get to the grocery store and you just, it's weird. You just want to say like, don't you know, my family member just died. Like you're just buying bread. Like, why are you buying bread? You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's a good point that you bring up because while we were going through this with him, one of his nurses, a beautiful, beautiful soul she lost her husband. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: had no idea. I didn't know until we met after my son was recovered. Because I wanted to meet with her. We went to get coffee or lunch or something. And, you know, that's when she told me and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know.
0: So she's taking care of your child. You had no clue. She's still showing up to do her job and her spouse had died.
1: Yeah. And that's That's the thing I would tell my kids all the time. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes with that person. When you're at the grocery store, give them a smile. You may Mm -hmm. be the only smile that they have.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And mercy to people. Mercy to people because people can go through a lot of horrible things and you can have no clue and sometimes you can keep it in and sometimes you can't and you know sometimes that little ugly sleep sneaks out yes. but instead of retaliating give mercy and just give the benefit of the doubt of wow they're having a bad day today what was that all about sorry you're having a bad day or whatever yeah so back and, to your question Remind yeah you- Okay, so let me remind myself. Um, <laughs> so I was asking you what was at at some point he turned very critical and his condition worsened to mm-hmm. a very critical state.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we went back to the hospital, um, you know, we had a beautiful time when we were at home. There was one day in particular that it was raining outside, and him and I, I rode, I walked him around the lake because he was in the wheelchair and we let the rain just rain on us and it was you know the song years ago by michael w smith "Rain down on me Mm -hmm. that's what i thought and sang like the whole way and we just talked and i tried to answer his questions you know why is this happening we asked this and i just because Satan wanted to sift you like wheat, you know, the father has a purpose for you, a bigger purpose. We may not know what that is right now and that's okay, but he loves you. He has a purpose for you. He's refining you. And that's the beauty of all this time that we're in right now is we're being refined, made beautiful. So, um, so then I'll he be-
0: wound up back at the hospital at the
1: hospital in yes. the
0: critical situation
1: yes uh it took a little time before he was extremely critical so you know during this time again playing in the rain kind of that day um and then being in the hospital i began to kind of feel like a kid again and be like a kid again in the sense of oh i'll call it like learning on the playground and learning the new rules Mm -hmm. and the thing was, like I mentioned, the doctors couldn't really tell us what the rules were because we didn't know. It was a day-to-day thing. What's going on in his body? They would come in every day and, okay, can you feel this? Can you, can you move this? Can you do this? Can you do that? Now, each day getting worse and worse, not being able to talk, not being able to see.
0: He lost his ability to talk and see?
1: He lost his ability to talk. And we had one of those boards that we would, that had the letters in rows and we would point row one, two, three, four, whichever row, Mm because he would spell out what he was trying to say to us.
0: Wow.
1: Um, We had to get him glasses because his eyes became very blurry seeing double vision. Um, so yeah, it was a progression day to day. Uh, of getting worse. The doctors didn't know. I mean, everybody responds differently. So how can Mm -hmm. you know exactly what happens? You know? So during that time, we all began to learn more about ourselves. I began to learn more about me, who I am, who is this person, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Going through the motions, yet watching, like I said, everything until the moments when I would shut down, like when Andrew coded, the night that he was intubated because he could no longer breathe on his own. He coded. Mm. And Andy and I were in the waiting room. Mm. And there's just nothing like hearing code blue and the room number that your family members in. Oh, my Lord. And all we could do was begin to pray, a prayer of gratitude.
0: A prayer of gratitude in that moment, that's what you did?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Father, for the time that we've had with Andrew, for the time that you've given us our son. Wow. For allowing us to be his parents. Um, we didn't know. The outcome for about 20 minutes and when we were allowed back in and we knew that he was okay uh, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak alive he was right? was alive mm-hmm. yeah um they showed us the seats that we would be able that was now our 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 chair our bed our everything <laughs> mm-hmm. um and Andy and I sat down and I just remember looking at him and then passing out um,
0: and every your body I, got overwhelmed. Yeah. Wow.
1: Completely. And every time I woke up, I would look at Andy and he would be, he was like that Doberman <laughs> just standing, watching and he was watching the nurse and then Andrew and his eyes would go back and forth between Andrew and the nurse and the the machinery, Andrew, the nurse, the machinery, Andrew, the nurse, and I pass out. Oh, but every time I goodness. wake up, I would, that's what I would see until sometime that later that afternoon when I did finally, I guess, have enough rest and wake up. So yeah. Learning about our body, learning about mine, what mine does in times like that, Mm
2: -hmm. learning
1: about the physical body, what my son has been going through, and then trusting, you know, listening and trusting, listening again. Uh, You know, there were times that uh, Andy and I would have dreams, and we believe that dreams are from the Father throughout the Bible. When dreams happened, it was usually a message. And we would have dreams and then find out it would come to fruit.
0: Can you give an example?
1: I'll give one. For instance, Andy had a dream of a Petri dish that was sent away and it came back positive growth. And the next day they came back and told us that he had pneumonia. Because they had taken the samples from his lungs, and he had pneumonia, so it was like a confirmation that yes, this is happening. This is mm-hmm. this next step in this whole big journey. Game.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, journey game on the playground, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we were hearing the father tell us things, and we were trusting. You know, we we asked in our prayers daily. Father, give us eyes that see and ears that hear what your spirit is saying. We honor you. We hear from you so that we know what to do to help him and maybe to help others. You know, we didn't know. We didn't know at the time. And that's where, you know, through this time, a lot of the things that, you know, you mentioned that my interests and trainings and stuff, you know, the doula training came in because in my training, I learned to know how to communicate with the mom. Okay. It's just you, you and me. So I would communicate with my son. All right. It's just you and me. Let's focus. Let's just, it's you and me. We'll make it through this. It's going to be okay. Breathe. Mm. Breath was so important when he could breathe. And then when he couldn't and he was on the ventilator and then coming off of the ventilator, breathe with me. Nice deep breath in. Okay, hold, let it out. Focusing on it. Close your eyes and just listen to the breath. Breath mm. is so important. You know, God breathed into us life. That that breath is life. You know, literally at this point it was Let's breathe.
0: Yeah. Again, the parallels to this time that we're going through and some of the symptoms that people are having that have contracted this virus where they're not able to breathe and they're having to be on ventilators. It's just incredible, um, Mm -hmm. you know, parallel that Mm -hmm. you're sharing right now. Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know, we used, I, I researched and I learned what oils can I use knowing that there's ones that can immediately affect the nervous system? How can I support, what can we do to support the nervous system?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. What can we do to support the health? Uh, You know, we diffuse the whole time in there so that we were supported. Um, Yeah. For (laughs) yourselves. Yeah. Nurses and people would come from different floors on the hospital and said, I heard about this room. I just had to come down and it's like a spa in here. It (laughs) wasn't really, I mean, we didn't think it was a spa. We were like, we're just trying to live here.
0: (laughs) I tell you what, hospitals are some germy places, man. I know Uh, (laughs) you you do have to protect yourself, you know, (laughs) when you are there for whatever reason. Yeah. They're very germy.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, just before he was intubated, They had run the, they started feeding him with a feeding tube through his nose, because they put it through the nose and down the throat. And his body rejected the food, because it's a soy-based, synthetic type of food. All hospitals use it. Uh, So we researched, there again, the research, and Andy found a ex-military, so a war veteran, or a veteran, maybe not in war. And uh, he had come up with a uh, formula, so to speak, for tube feeding, stomach mm-hmm. feeding. And so we got that. And it's all those good things like turmeric and cumin and garlic and rice protein and all of this stuff. And we had to get it approved through the dietitian of the hospital to be able to give it to him. They had to calculate and figure out okay how much could he have um you know in the tube during the drip and there again nurses came and said oh my gosh if we could have this we've heard about him using this and if we could have this throughout the hospital how how good and how well people would do on it versus Mm -hmm. the other because our body doesn't know what to do like
0: healthy one. Yeah, I was going to say, and especially if that's something that you're not used to intaking, you know, no wonder his body rejected that. If that's not something that he was used to having, um, and he's used to having whole foods and natural things, and he's getting some synthetics, um, yeah, it's our, <laughs> our medical system is not always the healthiest route. Um it's But incredible. how, Yeah. How good of you though, and how blessed that you were able to have this information and be an advocate. You know, they always tell us to be an advocate for our own health. And again, this isn't discounting any, and I know that you're not discounting any modern medicine or treatments or saying that people shouldn't go those routes or or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but you do have to, um, be an advocate for your own self and medical practices tend to be, try to be one size fits all and one size does not fit all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're all uniquely made. Good for you guys for finding that alternative for your son.
1: And you said that very well, because, you know, we, obviously with him being in the hospital, we needed the medical help to help.
0: The However, severe situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't discount that. Yes. There were tons of things that were not done right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the reasons he coded. Um, but there was a lot that was good too, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's a blessing and a curse. So, mm-hmm. to speak, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. we, and this is what I teach in my yoga, go inside and listen. And what is your body telling you? If mm-hmm. you listen and allow yourself to listen, your body will tell you.
0: It will tell you what it needs and what it wants and what will help it to be optimal. Not your optimal. Mind. Right. <laughs> Not your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah.
1: You, you know, your flesh, what you want it to need.
0: Uh-huh. Really yeah. Needs. I need a candy bar. <laughs> right. Boy, it does feel like that sometimes. They're like, no, it I does. need one. It's the truth. I really do. <laughs> I know. Okay. So um, obviously Andrew, Andrew did um, get well and recover. What was the entire time um, in there? Did you say 31 days?
1: No. So he Whoa. was in ICU for 45 days, 45 and then, days. Mm-hmm, and then we went to an LTAC, which is a long-term acute care. And then we went to Shepherds, which is a Brain Injury and Spinal Cord Injury Facility Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. It is the best facility. It is amazing, Sheila. Mm -hmm. Absolutely an amazing place. The therapies that he received while he was there, the hands-on physical therapy. The first day we were there, they, you know, again, they took me under their wing. Come on in. Help you know, mm-hmm. and we've got pictures of me, you know, helping move his body and, and what a a blessing it was for me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure he injured careless at this point. And that's, yeah, okay. who was doing it, but <laughs> it's, for it's you, yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. but um, just to help, you know, we were all in this separately, but together because GBS is a family disease. A family Mm -hmm. syndrome, it affects the family, but yet we were there individually too. So, you know, when the first day that we brought him to the hospital and I was standing at his bed when we were waiting for the doctor, or maybe the doctor had just come in and told us it was GBS. I remember hearing, this is his journey. It's Mm -hmm. yours too, but it's different. We are all on a journey. What are we going to do with that journey? right just like now
0: the tagline for this podcast is take the detour and enjoy the wander Mm -hmm. and it is a wandering and we don't always enjoy it when we're going through it because i'm sure no you found moments of blessedness and you found moments of joy and um you know i'm sure there are even silly moments of things of laughter, those things just happen, you know, even in the most dire of times, you know,
1: we will not in- get into the poop talks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Any of these things like, you know, all that, all that humility goes right out the door, you know, but at some point, and maybe it doesn't happen until later, you can look back like you are today, reflecting of everything that you learned on this journey. Um, that wandering is where you learn. And at some point you have to, you can fight, you can fight the lesson, you can fight the wandering, you can complain for 40 years while you're in the desert, <laughs> or you can say, this is what it is, all right, let me stop trying to swim upstream and let me go with the flow of this reality and somehow find, find a way to make everything that you went through worth it in a sense. Never that you would choose any of that, but when you can look back and say, okay, I grew here. I learned that he got this, our family learned that, you know, what were some of those, um, lessons that you ended up with? I mean, you've shared, you know, going in and all the things that you've learned in your faith, strengthening and your family, strengthening. Is there anything else that you really got a lesson out of this whole process with?
1: Oh boy. Through that process and going to shepherds, I was able to take a chair yoga class with people who were either fully paralyzed or partially paralyzed. And while I'm sitting there completely mobile, I watched the people who could not move. I watched their caretakers take their arm and move their arm And see the joy on the person's face. Sheer joy that their limb was moving. Mm -hmm. And that's what, when I heard this, your practice, your yoga practice is not just for you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew I needed to become a yoga instructor. So yeah, it's beautiful, you know.
0: How is Andrew doing now? Obviously he recovered. Does he, he's doing great. I know this. So tell everyone else.
1: <laughs> he's awesome. He yeah. Is. Yeah. So, Such a okay, handsome so, boy too. <laughs> yeah. So Okay. So where we are now, I'll just do a little recap. So from April of 2016, we moved him up to Tennessee. My first daughter got married in May. Andrew got sick in July. We all moved up to Tennessee basically that October. And then my second daughter got married in February. So that's ten months. And now we're empty nesters. I would not wish that on anybody <laughs> that quickly. It's
0: sink or swim, right?
1: <laughs> it's horrible but yet beautiful in the same breath because I got a new son in love.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, when my daughter got married. Mm -hmm. I already had the one. So it was another blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, then fast forward to 2017. Oh, I said that. 2017, February, my daughter got married. Then 2018, my daughter that was married first, back in that April of 16, she had her first grandbaby.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then 2019, we had three more grandbabies August, November, and December. Yes. So now we have four grandbabies. Mm -hmm. So all in a matter of three years, Mm -hmm. no less than three years, two and a half years, we had four grandbabies added. My son got married in March of eighteen.
0: Okay, let's pause you there real quick yeah. because he clearly recovered. So clearly let's recovered. let's let's put a, a period at the end of the sentence after, uh, Shans, uh, uh, he Shepherds. Shepherds sorry. Um, so after Shepherds, he eventually recovered. How long did that whole process take? And he got back to work. And
1: so he was at Shepherds for a month, and still, when he left. And the modalities of help they had there, he got to scuba dive. He got to ride horses, um, work out in the gym as much as he could. And then, so when he left the beginning of November, he was still walking with crutches. And that continued for maybe another month and still recovering because he was still needing to put a lot of weight on mm-hmm. um, because he had lost so much, about 30 30 pounds um, no 50 pounds um so he was still putting weight on he got rehired at the fire department went through fire academy the end of 17 and then got married in 2018 at, to his girlfriend who he moved up here for mm-hmm. and um and then they had a baby last year and now we have two more grandbabies to be added And if we have two more before August 13th, that will be six grandbabies, all three and under. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. So. Oh
0: my goodness. So this time really, uh, was something else and, and certainly a pinpoint in your, you know, um, timeline of your family. But, um, the thing that sticks out to me is that you know you maintained your faith through it you were an advocate for your son and you found ways to be grateful and look how triply (laughs) blessed you came out uh, in a very short time Um, and now you're using this experience and those whispers that you heard during that quiet time while he was recovering and all those little things that added up along the way, I guess, to help people. Like you said, you heard that it's not just about you. That wasn't just for you. And so tell us how you're helping people today.
1: Okay. So yeah, life is really beautiful, you know, and we just came through the festival, or the feast of Passover. And, you know, just like a few thousand years ago, there were plagues and there were people quarantined and then living in the wilderness, uh, all to come to the promised land, right? Very paralleling what's going on now, very similar. And so, you know, I just encourage people, you, the listeners, to get quiet and learn about yourself, learn about what you like, learn about who you are. And maybe a thought to think about is, what did you do? What did you play when you were a kid? And are you doing that now? You know, when I was a kid, I taught my babies Mm -hmm. and my animals on my Mm -hmm. bed. I would line them up and teach them school. Mm -hmm. And I would counsel them if they needed it because, you know, they get in arguments. (laughs) And that's what I did for my children. Mm -hmm. I taught them. We homeschooled. Crazy. And now I teach yoga. I teach the breath, getting in touch with your breath. I do help deliver babies. Um, And I teach how to use essential oils for health and wellness Um, with doTERRA as a certified aromatherapist. So there were lots of lessons that the Israelites had to learn. And there's You know, they needed to go through things, and I kind of find that's how my life, how this experience went. Uh, There were lots of lessons that I needed to learn, and I wouldn't have learned them unless I had gone through that time and through that wilderness, because it felt like a wilderness. And in order to get to the promised land, I had to learn. I had to grow. I had to lay down things. I had to pick up things Mm -hmm. just in order to discover me. Who am I? So I encourage you to learn who you are. And I bet you'll find your way to God and the promised land that he has for you, that he wants for you, Mm -hmm. that he wanted for me, that he wanted for Andrew. You know, like I mentioned earlier, this is a family illness. There were things that both my girls, it was hard for them, very hard for them as well. We were a close family and love was abundant. And so it was hard. That's why they moved up here immediately. There was no question. You know? Each
0: person I imagine, you know, as it does happen in family crises, um has their own experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm sure I was thinking about your husband when you were when Andrew was sick and you were passed out, you know, the dads, they, they wanna fix everything. They wanna like I'm supposed to be protecting and my son's sick and my wife's conked out and I can't do a darn thing, you know. And um the helplessness of, of the siblings of, you know, being the one to see him first and mom, you need to get here, dad, you need to get here. He's really sick and we can't do anything. What can we do? Friends, not knowing what to do. And, and, uh, and I'm sure Andrew has his own experience, you know, uh, through this whole thing, the lessons that he learned, um, has he shared any big revelations with that? Yes and no. Yeah.
1: There were ones along the way now I think he realizes that that whole experience doesn't define who he is. It was a life lesson that for whatever reason he needed to go through and learn. And I think he's stronger because of it.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, is that what you notice uh, maybe different in him or more pronounced is it just made him stronger?
1: And even much more uh, quiet strength. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Preparation for leading his family now.
1: Right? Yeah. Don't we
0: all get just what we need?
1: Yeah. And so another thing that, you know, I didn't realize going through it, just how much I was holding in. And so needing my own uh, release, you know, yoga comes into that a lot, but I've started helping people and facilitating for people how to release trapped emotions because our soul, which is our feelings, you know, our emotions, Mm -hmm. our feelings, they, we can be beaten. um, But we really, we can't be broken. We can create heart walls to kind of like that wall, that exterior wall around our home. We can create that to protect us. But at some point in our life, that, can get a hole in and so when those times happen we can release those trapped emotions and they don't have to hold in our body anymore because the body keeps the score no matter what mm-hmm. and so if you're in an accident and you go oh my gosh there's an accident call 9 you let that energy out but if it happens to you like this whole experience like I said I couldn't talk I held things in. Mm -hmm. It needs to come out at some point so that my body can become healthy again and releasing those emotions because it really does. It it gets trapped in there, in our cells. And
0: those traumas. Yeah, like a like almost like a PTSD kind of thing that maybe a lot of people can relate to. Um, oh yeah, you and being know, familiar like, with yeah things right. are gonna
1: happen and boom you're right back to that moment you go whoo. Anxieties
0: accepted. or panic attacks that come up with certain things or whatever. Yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. All right, Debbie, we've got to go for today, but tell uh, our listeners how they can contact you because I'm sure some people um, just may want to you know reach out to you um, about this information, this story. Maybe they want to. Find out something struck them, and they just want to chat with you about it. So how how can they reach you?
1: I would love to connect on Facebook. Um, you know, friend me on Facebook, send me a, a direct message if you want to talk about the GBS Guillain Barré syndrome. If you know somebody who has it and they need support, uh, if you'd like to learn more about essential oils, you know, I do at, educate on using them for health and wellness. Or if you would like to experience a releasing trapped emotions for your life definitely would love to help you with that connect with me on facebook
0: okay so debbie uh you're under debbie franick on there correct Mm -hmm. okay so we'll put a link um in the show notes but um yeah reach out to debbie she is a great wealth of information and very uh encouraging and supportive Grounding, I think that's the best way to describe it. You're very grounding to me. So, I call her when I get a little spun up, and she's like, Okay, breathe. (laughs) I'm in labor, Debbie. Help me, yes, (laughs) yes, emotional labor. (laughs) So, Debbie, thanks so much for sharing your story today. Um, I know that some people will be touched, if nothing else, just hearing this whole journey. I think I hope that they'll be inspired and um, they're their faith increased in their, their hearts encouraged uh, by hearing your story. And so I just thank you for being here. Any last words?
1: Yes. In fact, you can look up his story on YouTube, search Andrew and GBS.
0: Andrew GBS. I'll get that link and I'll put that in the show yeah. notes too. So people can yeah. see his story. Is that, did he record that? Like, is that in his words?
1: So he put music to his story, and I encourage you to listen to the words of the music as you're watching it.
0: Perfect. That's all right. That's a great follow-up. I'll include that link in the show notes. Debbie, thanks so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Listeners, stay safe, stay healthy. Remember to advocate for your own health, do the best that you can, and um, always maintain that gratitude. That's definitely going to help you go through any journey if you can find the blessing in what whatever struggles that you're going through. So uh, we appreciate you being here. And until next time, take the detour and enjoy the wander. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. For listening. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on The Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, so be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too, and rate, comment, and subscribe yourself, so you can join us next time as we take the detour and enjoy the wander.